We needed three people in our lives. We need a Paul, someone who is going to invest in our lives, pour into us. We need a Timothy, someone who we pour into, we invest into. And then we also need a Barnabas. And that's somebody that's there that's just going to be an encourager. And, and, and we can be those people. We should be being those people to other people. Welcome to Disabling Apologetics, where we defend the Christian faith and disable false beliefs. Today, I've got a guest on my show. His name is David Probus. He goes to Southern Evangelical Seminary, which is where I currently am going for a Master's of Divinity in Apologetics. David Probus. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a student at Southern Evangelical Seminary. I'm doing an MA in Apologetics with a concentration in philosophy yes because i'm crazy <laughs> well i think we both are a little crazy i mean i've taken five classes this semester and yeah you you've are a little been, crazy <laughs> you've been in it for a while uh, but i i thought that the first episode i think would be great to have you on uh with, because of the idea the philosophy behind this apology this apologetics podcast is the first word disabling now i i I don't like using the word disable, dis, being being disabled. I struggled with that growing up my entire life, just just saying, you know, okay, I'm disabled. Well, I came to the conclusion that the Lord gave me a gift. Yeah. And I was born with what's called Vactoral Syndrome, and David here uh, was born with a disability as well, or created with, I think would even be the more theologically sound term. So right. what, what were you uh, created with, David? I, I, I was born with spina bifida, which uh, is a mm. fancy term for I was born with a hole in my spine. So, and many different things stemmed from that. Right. Um, including um, hydrocephalus, um, mm-hmm. club feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born with double hernia. I was born very low weight. I was born... Um, just you know, I needed knee cord releases, heel cord releases. Uh, I had, like I said, I have kidney implants. <laughs> I've been, I have literally been cut up and put back together. Golly, yeah, you, you and me both. <laughs> right. I, I think I, I don't know if you have had more surgeries than I have, but I think probably in the running. I think I'm up to thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Did you, did you have the majority of your surgeries like when you were born? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah same here. Yeah, and I, I did have one uh, growing up uh, when I hit the growth spurt to, to lengthen my shunt. Okay. But other than that, I mean, the only other surgery I've had after that is wisdom teeth. That doesn't really <laughs> count. <laughs> I I was hoping that my wisdom teeth when I was like 15 and when they were taken out, that would be the last surgery I had. Yeah, I know. And they, then they I cut mine that, out. <laughs> the Lord said, you know, you're going to break your neck on the soccer field. <laughs> Has nothing to do with my disability, but just like, oh, you're just gonna you're gonna step in a sprinkler hole and you're gonna feel real nice, just that, yeah, real nice, just pop. Oh man! And your neck's gonna be broken. It's gonna be a great time. I did not know you broke your neck. That was the first year here at that Carolina College of Biblical crazy. Studies. I did not know you broke your neck. Yeah, that's that's why it doesn't <laughs> move as well anymore. <laughs> wow, but, Josh. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, today as well. So. What we want to do is we we want to kind of go over what it's like to have a disability, yeah, as well as how having our specific disabilities has a shown shown us what the Lord wants us to do in life, as well as how this has been a a kind of like a life experience showing other people. That hey, you you have faith in the Lord even with what you're going through. Right. So if you wouldn't mind, just just given, give us kind of like when when did you come to Christ first? So uh, I was saved when I was 13 years old. Um, I grew up in the church um, from about 1986. You know, I was oh, born in '82, so yeah. from 1986. Yes, I'm old, Josh. <laughs> I'm old, Josh. I'm old, Josh. But from 1986, that's when my parents got saved, and we started going to church. Um, so, you know, I was saved when I was 13 years old. We, I was a good kid. I grew up, 
and and didn't really cause a whole lot of problem. The biggest problem I had was uh, I was lazy, and I, I didn't always do what I was supposed to in school. Uh, that's that got me in trouble. But as far as like being a behavioral issue or anything, like, I was a good kid. It was you know didn't get any real trouble or anything like that. Um, but uh, we had a motorcycle group, a, a, a Christian motorcycle group, that came and spoke to our, our youth group. And uh, you know, I remember the guy, I don't even remember his name. I can see his face, but I don't remember his name. Um, but I remember him telling about all the things that God had rescued him from, the drugs, the alcohol, mm. the, you know, the... This is when you were 13? Yeah. Okay. The, the craziness that, that came along with his lifestyle. And I remember realizing, you know, I grew up in church, and I'm a good kid, but I realized mm. that... Being good is not good enough, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's when I took that step. You know, um, of well, I know that being good enough is not good enough, mm-hmm. and I need to accept Christ. And so um, I accepted when I was 13 years old. And it was funny. Um, I got baptized with uh, two of my best friends because they also got saved that same night, which was really cool. Um, and so, and and one of my one of my buddies, he's actually a pastor uh, of a church here in in, in Hope Mills. Uh, Victory Baptist, and he's the pastor of some of our youth leaders growing up. So it's crazy how okay, God like good. switches that thing around. Where yeah. like the people that invested in you, they're now investing in you're know, investing into them. Mm-hmm. And I actually just preached at his church a couple weeks, a couple weekends ago. And uh, yeah, of course, that's not the first on one. Yeah. And and so it's uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how God worked that out. Uh, but it was it was all in youth group. And, uh, and like I said, I realized that, you know, being good wasn't good enough mm-hmm. and, uh, needed to, to actually take that step of faith and accept Christ. Very good. So, so from, from that, were you in public school? Yes. You're okay. Yep. Okay. Out, whole out here? Out in, I, uh, Fable or? I started school in Germany. All right. I lived well, in Germany for three and a half years. Okay. And, um. Dad military? Yep. Very good. Same. 20 year military vet. And, uh. So we started, I started school in Germany, in, in Frankfurt, Germany, and then we came back here uh, about halfway through third grade, and uh, and then I finished out school, you know, elementary, middle, and high school here, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I went to public school. How uh, was that? It was fine for me. You yeah. Know, I mean, every once in a while, you'd have somebody that was, you know, just being a jerk, mm-hmm. um, but... I was blessed. I had a lot of people that looked out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, really funny story. So in high school, uh, me and a friend of mine, his name was James. We were just kind of joking around, you know, smack talking each other or whatever. <laughs> I had the football team in my gym class, yeah. and they heard him smack talking me. <laughs> Next thing you know, you thought I was Peyton Manning at the Super Bowl. I had a whole <laughs> bunch of people, like, standing in front. What did you say to him? It's <laughs> like, nothing, nothing, man, nothing. We're just playing around. We're just playing around. So I had a lot of people looking out for me. He got me back. Uh, he tied my shoelaces to the lunch table, and oh so when goodness. I tried to roll backwards uh, to to get out of uh, the lunch, uh, yeah, my shoes were tied to the lunch table. So he got me back. Um, but yeah, yeah so I I didn't have a whole lot of problem as far as like bullying is concerned. You know, like I said, everybody's gonna have somebody who just likes to run their mouth. Yeah, every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. So, but most of the time, people were really cool. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I loved it. I was in marching band all four years of high school, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I was like, you know, yeah. what in the world? Um, I was, as far as I know, I was the only person for three years of my high school career, only person in a wheelchair that was in marching band in the state of North Carolina. Okay. My, wow. Yeah. My senior <laughs> wow. year, um, some friends of mine who are all, who were also disabled, they started joining their marching bands because of what I had uh, been able to cool. do. And uh, before I, like my, my freshman year, there was a girl um, that was had a, she was a little bit older than me. She had already started Douglas Bird. She was c- completely blind. She was in marching band okay. at, at Doug Bird, and um, and so yeah, we we've we've had you know several things. I've performed all over the country with marching band. I was in the Hollywood Christmas Parade. I was in. I played in the Hollywood Bowl. Um, I played in Disney World. I've played all over North Carolina. Um, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, played in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've played all over the state, all Golly. over the country. Um, so, yeah, it, school was great. And, yeah. You know, I, I loved it. Yeah. yeah it, it's crazy. And, and I'll, I, I agree with what you said. I don't know if it's just because of – it seems like after, like, I graduated in 2013. It seemed like after that, 
seemed like things just started going downhill fast mm-hmm. as far as, okay, well, this is like, I was, I'm like one of the last millennials. Yeah. So it seemed like after Gen Z kind of kind of got in there, kids started getting really, 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 really mean. Mm. And I mean, I've got kids in my youth group that have told me that they get picked on, not for any sort of disability, but for literally not being gay. Wow. Which is crazy to hear, right? And yeah. I, I heard this, you know, when I first started going uh, to my church as as the uh, youth pastor. Um, so for me, growing up, I didn't have any real issues. Right. I may have had someone say something, but, you know, my dad being in the military, he taught me quite a few words. <clears throat> <laughs> and I would let it fly. Um, and I would be the one getting in trouble because right. they would go and tell the, yeah. the principal, hey, Josh said this to me, and I didn't like it. And I'm like, you just called me like a T-Rex or something because of my arms. <laughs> right. Like, at that time, I, I thought that was rude. Yeah. Which, yeah, by the way, uh, I, well, you can tell on the, the logo that I've got short arms. I guess you'd say they're kind of clubbed. Yeah. Would that be correct? Yeah. yeah. Pr- that's probably what the little bit. term is. And, yeah, I got picked on a little bit, but... And my mom, she was super scared yeah. of me going to middle school. Uh, elementary school was a little bit fine and whatnot. So sixth grade, she she decided, well, I'm going to homeschool you. Now, back then, uh, at my home church at Liberty, homeschooling was like two or three families. Right. And so I was like, man, I want to play soccer. Because soccer was the big thing for me. It was it was the thing that kind of got me out of my head. Right. And I could just be feel like I could just be free. And so I was like, Mom, I got to go to school. So she allowed me to go to school seventh, eighth grade at Overhills. And I never had any problems. I was friends with all of the, I guess you say the popular kids. Yeah. But I was trying to be friends with everybody else. And uh, a lot of a lot of the older kids uh, playing football, playing soccer, whatnot they would kind of take me under their wing yep and look out for me which i really appreciated and i was already friends just growing up with all the baseball kids uh that had you know kind of prominent families within the area yeah so i i I knew i was kind of in a good place and that if anyone did say anything uh something may happen to that other person yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's the same way with me with marching band um my junior year in marching band we marched 210 people Oh, wow. Yeah, it took six airplanes to get us to (laughs) California when we went to the Hollywood Christmas Parade. There were six airplanes that had band kids and and families and stuff on it. Um, And so, yeah, I had 210 people that, you know, if you'd messed with me at all, they'd have been right there. Yeah, I I noticed that, at least growing up. And even even now, some of my youth are kind of like, don't mess with Josh. Yeah, right. I mean, they're all bigger than me. Come on now. I'm, I'm a small guy. Thanks for that. Lord, <laughs> I think what I was created with, what I was born with, which is vectoral syndrome, and I'll, I think I'll get into that um, here today, and I, I actually had to look up what the acronym meant. It's V-A-C-T-E-R-L, so that's seven letters, um, so I'll, I'll get into that today as well, but re- re- back back to you, David. How how has, and pretty much as I ask you these questions and you answer, I'm pretty much going to be like, well, I'm going to give an answer too to my own question. Yeah, yeah, no worries. And um, so how has being born with this, I keep going back, born and created, how how has being created with this disability um, shown people the Lord? Like, have you ever gotten, hey, hey, what happened to you? Questions? All the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. So... Um, and it's, it's funny. Um, it gives you a unique ability because people do ask all the time. Mm -hmm. Now you can also tell when somebody wants to ask, but they're not, they're not comfortable asking. Oh yeah. You know, you can, you can tell. Yeah. You do that all the time. Yeah. So a a story where God's got a sense of humor. If you want him, yeah. (laughs) If you want him to give you an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, all you have to do is ask. So I was at Detour Coffee Shop on <laughs> yeah. on Camden Road one one day. I was getting coffee, and uh, they had a pre they have a priest or had a preschool there. And uh, this little girl, you could tell she was like curious, you know, yeah. four or five years old. 
She was really curious, you know, just kind of looking at me, and 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 I I waved at her. I you know I turned around and said hello, and uh, her mom encouraged her. She said, Go ahead and ask him. So I was like, you know, do you have a question? I asked her, and she said, yeah. She asked me, you know, why are you in a wheelchair? And so I was telling her, you know, that I was born with a spina bifida, a hole in my spine, and uh, and everything. And uh, and she said, well, is there any chance for you to get better? Hmm. And so I said, yeah. I said, but it's going to be when I go to meet my friend Jesus. Mm. Like Not that. even missing a beat. This little four or five year old girl looks at me. Well, how do you go meet Jesus? <laughs> okay, Lord. All right. You just drop this opportunity right <laughs> in my lap. And so I was able to explain the gospel to that little girl right there in that coffee shop. And I could see her mom out of the periphery, out of my peripheral. And her mom just, she was glowing. Her, her, her grin was from <laughs> ear to ear. That's awesome. That, that I was just sitting here explaining to the, the little girl about, you know, how do we go meet Jesus, you know, and giving her a gospel on her level. And, and she, when she heard what I was talking about, oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. We talked about Jesus in Sunday school and stuff. Uh, very uh, good. Yeah. And so, uh, but it was, it was really cool. And, and. It's one of those things you have people that do ask you all the time, you know, Hey, can I ask you what happened to you? Yeah. Um, is it an accident? Was it from birth? You know, what, what's the mm -hmm. deal? And, and it gives you an opportunity to, to have those conversations. Yeah. A lot of times that more opportunity than what able-bodied folks have because they don't have able-bodied folks. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> they don't have people coming up saying, Hey, you know what, what happened, you know? And so it gives us a unique ability to be able to, and start that conversation yeah. and then engage somebody in that when they have that curiosity. Absolutely. And, th you know, this is why I came up with the idea of disabling apologetics. Yeah. We're, you and I specifically being created with a disability, we're given the opportunity because, I mean, growing up, I got asked all the time. Yep. And I didn't really, I hated it. Yeah. Growing up. And I get little kids coming up to me just, hey, what happened to your arms? Yeah. I just be like shark bit me leave me alone like something <laughs> just something off the wall like that that's why i'm missing a finger i got mauled like, by a tiger <laughs> yeah something like that i went in the woods i don't know <laughs> and um so i hated it growing up and now understanding how to defend the gospel defend the christian worldview coupled with being able to evangelize in a way that people come up to me and you right. and ask questions and then because yeah. they're drawn to what you look like right and a lot of, a lot of people are they're scared to even say something yeah or you'll or i don't know if you noticed this but at least when i go to like walmart or something <coughs> there will be a kid uh on like a mom's hand or something and i'll walk by and i'll hear mom what happened to these arms yeah and i'll look at him a little bit and i Hey, you want to talk? It's okay. Yeah. Um, but being able to say, hey, you know, this is what I was created with, and I think of it as a gift, not a, not something that is keeping me from anything. Right. It's not a burden. No, not at all. And I, that's a, that's what I thought. Did you think about it that way when you were growing up? Before really, did you battle that? I don't say that because of this. Uh, I gave a message a couple weeks ago for the youth on persecution, right. and instead of saying about talking about how we are getting outwardly persecuted, Christians in in the whole sense of the word, uh, the global church are getting persecuted. Right in America, not so much, but it's coming. It's coming. Yes, I think. I agree. And <laughs> I said instead of the outward persecution, what about the inward persecution? You yeah. persecuting yourself. And so I flipped it and told them that, you know, growing up, I would just stand in front of the mirror and go, God, why'd you make me this way? Yeah. So I never really struggled with that, to be honest with you. Um, it was just one of those things. Well, you're was, just a happy go lucky, lucky guy, aren't you? I'm one of the happiest. Yeah, like, you are. Nicest people you ever meet. <laughs> That's true. I don't meet a stranger. I will crack a joke. I will make a total fool of myself. And have zero reserve about it at all. It, yeah. it just that's just the personality that God has given me. Um, and so it never really was like I never looked at it as a burden. That's um, good. <laughs> funny story. So when I was uh, when I was like when I was little, when I was a kid in Germany, um, 
there were some some learning challenges, especially with math and things like that, with the uh, with the with the spina bifida, uh, and so that qualified me for Special Olympics. Well, that was I was like five, six <laughs> yeah. years old. Yeah, and so the whole idea of I want to get first place or this or whatever didn't it didn't even dawn on me. I was like, hey, whatever. I just want every one of the colors. <laughs> of the ribbons and so you know i did all the the event we they had a big special events uh special olympics event in germany and i uh, did that and and i actually had a dad made me a, a big thing uh with the medal and with all my ribbons and stuff and i got several first places some seconds some thirds but i was just like i just want all the colors <laughs> it's just you know it, it was just it was just fun to me. Well, you, you know get I mean? all the colors in this culture. Well, that's true. <laughs> you really could. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, no. Um, and so, but it's never really been like, I've made it a point to be that person that says, you know what? I, 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 I deal with this, mm-hmm. but it doesn't slow me down. Mm-hmm. Um, marching band is a perfect example of that yeah now when i went into marching band i was apprehensive i'm like you know how is this gonna work you know um but i knew i was my those those fears were set at ease yeah as soon as i got there my drum captain his name is randy newcomer met me at my car with my dad my dad dropped me off for band practice for band camp um that summer and uh it was in july it was a thousand degrees outside <laughs> yeah i'm sure and uh and and randy met us at the car and and i knew as soon as he did that and he was like hey i'm randy i'm the drum captain if you need help come talk to me um randy's an awesome dude uh i haven't seen him in a while he's still around in town and stuff but i haven't talked to him in a while but just one of the one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet in your life um and 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 they just they rallied around me yeah and it was just like there was never a question of what's David doing here. Yeah. It was just like here, David, play this. You know, here, David, do this. You know, do you want to play this? Do you want to play that? And um, and so yeah, it was is one of those things that never really was a burden. And I always made it a point to show people that it doesn't have to be a burden. That you know you I mean you can be positive about it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean it it took me a little bit, but I knew like once I. And growing up in a Christian home, that really helps yeah. a lot. And so, like, after I would kind of, like, you know, pity myself for a little bit, like, all right, well, pity party's over. Get over it. Right. Because my dad taught me, my parents taught me to be independent. They yeah. they didn't, they did not treat me with any special treatments. Right. They were like, well, um, you're going to learn how to do it. Yeah. Uh, so do it. Yep. <laughs> okay, you don't, you don't know how to tie your <clears throat> shoes? Well, you're going to learn how to do it. Hey, this is what it looks like. Now you're going to figure out how to do it on your own. Yeah. Okay, you can't button your shirt. Well, this is what it looks like. Figure it out. And so for me growing up, you did marching band. I, I did soccer. Yeah. So my dad played soccer growing up. My mom played soccer. They're, they were very athletic people. And I would I would say, hey, I want to go play basketball, you know, recreational, before I got really competitive. Yeah. They're like, um... Okay, sure. Well, yeah. If you think you can do it, go for it. We'll buy you a basketball hoop. Then I just be out in the park, out in the uh, driveway, shooting hoops. And I'm I I'm not gonna lie. I'm not bad, right? Uh, to say the least, with giving my arm length and everything else. But uh, I wasn't really good at all. Um, but it's okay, Josh. Neither was I. It's well, horrible at wheelchair basketball. <laughs> I had a guy ask me, he's like, hey, do you want to be my big man? I'm like, have you ever seen Shaq shoot a free throw? That's me. About the only thing I can do in basketball is get in the way. So I, well, I completely understand and relate. I realized at a young age that basketball was not going to be for me. Right. And that baseball really wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. And I was like, well... <clears throat> I'll use the one things that the Lord did create strong, my legs. Yeah. Now, oddly enough, I look at that. You use your hands in yeah. marching band, and I use my legs in soccer. Thank you, Lord. I actually wanted to wrestle. Oh, yeah? I've seen people do that online. Well, that see, but the, the problem that I have is wheelchair. my legs are, are brittle. Mm. And so, you know, rolling around on a mat a would be advantage. really easy to break a leg. Yeah. Do you, yeah. And yeah. so, it, but I, I did. I wanted to wrestle. I was like, I, I really <laughs> wanted to wrestle. <laughs> 
Oh man. We used to wrestle in the me and some friends used to wrestle in the in my living room floor. We'd like roll around. We we were nerds. Crunch. We actually yeah. <laughs> no, we actually I took a, a piece of cardboard. We took cardboard and cut out like a championship belt shape. Okay, yeah. All right, John wrapped, Cena. <laughs> we wrapped it in tin foil and we wrote on there World Championship. And we'd actually like turn on my um my stereo down in my room down the hallway yeah and we'd have like entrance music we'd come down the hallway into the the living room and we would like schedule these matches we wrestle in my living room floor we were nerds it was so but i did i wanted to wrestle oh goodness gracious (laughs) when i was playing soccer i'm not gonna lie i was not bad yeah like i put all of my energy i was so lazy in school i don't i pretty much they just like okay keep yeah whatever just keep pushing them to the next grade He's not good at any of this, but just keep pushing to the next grade. Uh, but I put all my energy into playing soccer. And when I got into seventh grade, I, I made the team fair and square. Yeah. Also, there wasn't very many that were, you know, trying out. But I made the team. I pretty much rode the bench the majority of the time because yeah. you got all the eighth graders that were exceptional. And then eighth grade year comes, I'm starting every game as a four-foot whatever playing defense. <laughs> yeah the wow. shortest people on the entire field all three of us were playing defense <laughs> but we were also the most aggressive there you go and my parents they were they were a little bit scared with me even playing soccer only because i would get so mad and i would just try to take someone out i didn't care how big they were i was like well i play soccer and i know how to slide, slide tackle so i can take you out i don't care if you're six foot tall I will run you over. I don't care. Dynamite comes in small packages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a chihuahua. That's kind of how I feel. Not yeah. a bulldog, but a chihuahua. <laughs> they're like the most vicious dogs, but they're also really small. Right. That's how I feel sometimes. Um, so I remember there would be people when it comes to soccer, even the coaches, I would I would hear them going, all right, hey, 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 take it take it easy on the little kid over there. Just, you know, just, just take it easy on him. He's got a disability. I was like, oh, okay, really? So you started feeling like Bobby Boucher. No, I, I, yeah. <laughs> water boy. <laughs> I, well, I was like, okay. I wasn't angry at it. I was like, right. so what you're saying is that you're going to go soft on me. Well, I'm just going to take advantage of that. Yeah. You're the one that thinks, you know, I need some special treatment. So That's right. I will just take full advantage of that. And that happened all through um, when I was homeschooled. I started playing for a homeschool team out in Fable. Yeah. And... The first time that I would be against a certain team and they didn't know who I was, they'd never seen me play before, they would give me that special treatment and I would just burn them on the left <laughs> sideline or the right sideline because I was a quick little guy. Yeah. And just pass it to a player and they'd score a goal. And <laughs> I, I remember watching a coach just look over at his bench and then look at me and go, don't give him the special treatment anymore. <laughs> And so they would play hard against me, and I was totally cool with that. You just got burned, bro. <laughs> yeah. Soccer was my outlet, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, it, it, it it gave me camaraderie around yeah. uh, other players, and, and it gave, uh, gave me respect to the other boys, I guess, at the time. And then, you know, when I was going to public school, the, the other kids I would be watching, like, oh, He's actually not like some weird kid with a disability. Like right. he, he's actually good yeah. at something. And then they get to know me. Okay, he's actually he's a little shy, but that's okay. And so then it would kinda they would feel like they could actually talk to me. Right. And ask me questions. A lot of people they kinda felt like they needed to kind of gain respect to then ask questions, um, when they're your peers. Right. Not when they're like little kids, they'll just come up to you anytime. And so I, I found that as a, a great avenue to talk about God. Yeah. And I remember one time, really, this was, I think, so I was baptized at 12 years old, and I don't think I really understood it. I mean, I did, but I didn't really like, I, I think I kind of did it because everyone else was doing it at the time. I don't think I really understood how, why the Lord created me like this until my senior year, uh, just graduated summer camp. We went to Garden City Chapel down there next to Myrtle Beach, and we were doing uh, <laughs> Stephen Furtick's um, "Crashing the Chatterbox." So this was 2013, and I 
thought it was a pretty good idea, you know, just kind of crashing the chatter that's in your mind, kind of that mental battle. And I remember we were sitting at that last night. It was a Saturday night before we had to go to chapel next morning. And one of my peers I looked up to really, really well, uh, his name's Todd, played baseball, really respected by all the all the folks, kids, whatever, in the area. And uh, I remember him, he started talking. Everyone's crying at this point. There's 60, 70 kids in a room. We're all crying because it's the last day, and uh, it's emotional. Everyone's giving their testimony about the week. And he starts talking, and it wasn't about him. He started talking about me and how I've influenced him because I don't... What's the best word? I, I, I don't um, cry about what the Lord has created me, the, the way the Lord has created me. That I pretty much just do do what I what I can, what I feel like I can do, as well as um, push myself to just continue. And if I, if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And he... Adapt and overcome exactly. is, is a big thing. <laughs> yeah, adapt and overcome, exactly. And it was at that point that I finally realized that, oh, wow, okay, the Lord created me this way right. because people were watching. Yeah. I, I mean, I All knew people were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I All didn't realize <laughs> how much people were watching until he said that, and I was like, and I started tearing up and everything else while he was, and I was like, oh, okay, so what you're saying is people are watching me, not like a microscope, but, you know, if you, like you, if I go anywhere... I get people that I went to high school with yeah. 10 years ago, went went to middle school with right. 15 years ago, that'll say, Bovi, how's it going, man? And I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But they recognize my arms. I've run, <laughs> I've run into that. Yeah, no, I've run into that myself. Um, Even up to like it's I was- the beard. That's, yeah. Well, this is before the beard. <laughs> when I was like 30 years old, there would be people, hey, hey, what's up, David? You still working in the marching band? I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of high school since 2001. No, I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, nah, dude. Uh, I said, nah. Um, after my nephew graduated, you know, we and and Mr. Boulder, our, my band director, uh, retired. We, you know, we kind of moved away, or you know, moved away from marching band. Um, but yeah, no, I had people all the time, and and there was people that would come up to David. Hey, I remember you. You were in marching band. I'm like, yeah. What's up? It's How you crazy, doing? Right. Yeah, it's and and so you just never know who's watching, yeah. and and it does it creates those unique opportunities for you to talk to people, and 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 just to witness to people because yeah, you just never know who's going to come up to you. Absolutely, I went to Disney World. No joke, we were in Disney World, and and we were Universal when this happened. We were Universal Islands of Adventure, and we're strolling through there or whatever. And I heard somebody calling my name. Oh, boy. I'm looking around I'm like, <laughs> I'm 10 hours from home. Who here knows me? <laughs> Turns out it was a youth group of um, a bunch of kids that my nephew went to high school with through marching band that saw me and spotted me. And so, you know, you just never know who's watching. And it gives you an opportunity to, I mean, you have to be on your toes. It gives you those yeah. opportunities to speak to people and to witness to people because, you may not have ever met the person or like face to face interacted yeah. with the person, but somebody that saw you and saw you interacting with somebody else, marching band, whatever yeah, it is, exactly. soccer. For yeah. You, they see that and they're thinking, Oh yeah, this guy is cool. I remember him. Mm -hmm. Let me go talk to him now. Right. And, and, and you know, some of my friends now, I didn't really hang out with them in high school, mm -hmm. but after the fact, you know, they, they, you know, we, we, we connected or whatever and, and just great people, but we just, you know, in that time it just wasn't a thing, you know? And so, um, but they did know, and then they, you know, they did pay attention and stuff and, and, and it was cool. You, you, you just never know what, what oh, people yeah. are watching and what oh, they're doing. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I, there was a couple months ago, uh, probably before the summer started, my wife and I, we were at Walmart and one of the Walmart workers, I mean, we're walking directly in the line of sight to go to the grocery area. And I see a, a, a Walmart worker just kind of walk by. He glances at me. And he goes, hey, Josh. 
I have no clue who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking him in the face. I'm going, who, what, who are you? And he, he straight up goes, hey, man, you probably don't know who I am, but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you out here, man. How you doing? I was <laughs> like, I'm doing good, brother. I'm a pastor down the road. You know, I'm having, I'm, I'm doing good. And he goes, oh, man, that's great, dude. Uh, I got to go. I'm working, but it's good to see you. I'm glad you're doing doing good, brother. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's one of the aspects of being a person created with a disability is everyone is watching you. Yeah. And anytime you really walk into a room, unfortunately, sometimes unfortunately, but not all the time, but you are you're, you're, the eyes are going to be pretty much yeah you're locked noticed. on you right you're noticed really quickly and um so what, what are what are some other kind of aspects uh when it comes to being a christian and created with a disability you think is is beneficial um well like i said it gives you that unique ability to to talk to people um one of the things that i've gotten into recently um because i'm a nerd I, I fully accept that and 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 embrace it. Uh, but one of the things I'm I've, a sports nerd, uh, so I mean, it's the same thing. But no, not, it's not. I said no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm, I'm a nerd, um, and so I, I love like uh, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I'm a huge like comic yeah, book fan. Yeah, you are a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, so I've gotten a lot into like comic cons and stuff. Yeah. And so what I've done is. I do like cosplaying and things like that. I'll do costumes and things. And that actually opens up conversations as well. So yeah. you have the disability thing on, on that. And yeah. then you then you have the fact that you're you're dressed up as Luke Skywalker <laughs> with this amazing beard. Yeah. And uh, it, it is pretty righteous. <laughs> I mean, and and so Moses would be Again, it gives happy. you the nerd culture, yeah, so to speak. Which is very anti Christian. It is very and it's a huge mission field. Mm. Huge mission field. And so that was just a, a very organic way for God to use my disability, plus the fact that I love the the comics and things like that, mm-hmm. to talk to those people, to get in with those people and talk to them. And and and, and it is, it's wide open mission field. I'm sure. Um, and so, again, it gives me opportunities to, to talk to people about Jesus. Bruce Mitchell, I mean, not Bruce Mitchell, uh, Bruce Patrick, uh, Eddie Munster, him and I had a conversation at Comic-Con okay. about Jesus. Oh, wow. Um, uh, there's a lady, who, <clears throat> excuse me, she lives in Raleigh. Her name is Karen Whitfield. She was the Bronze Age Batgirl back when Adam West, uh, that whole TV show. Who's that? <clears throat> Adam <kidding>. West. <laughs> it was Batman, Josh. Uh, but she was the Bronze Before Age Batgirl um, back then. Yeah. She came to Fable Comic Con. We were actually her, fa- her first con. And um, started talking to her this past this. It was in uh, April. We were talking, and we started talking about opportunities that God gives both of us. Mm-hmm. She she was able to witness to a girl and 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 encourage a girl that was going through some things mm-hmm. who loved Batgirl, and 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 that gave her that opportunity. And so um, recently, it's just been in the past several years, um, the cons and and being able to go into Comic Con. And, and even volunteering, things like that. It's really cool because you get these opportunities to talk to people, whether it be con goers or celebrity guests. <laughs> I love, I love guests. the terms, yeah. Yeah, it, celebrity guests. Um, I got to spend a whole weekend just about with uh, Noah Hathaway, who played Atreyu in The NeverEnding Story. Oh, okay. So we, we we bonded. I actually know what that is. Friends with him on uh, on social media and stuff, and we've talked. Um, different. I've met like different Power Rangers and things like that. But through that, it's given me an opportunity to kind of share my faith and show them that the disability doesn't hinder me. Mm-hmm. It's something that I use to motivate. Yeah, so. yeah. One one of the things that I've always <clears throat> always heard growing up is that. Especially in today's world, Gen Z is the the first generation that is without God in their home completely, yeah, like completely absolutely. removes God. And one thing that I've always heard growing up is that, you know, you are possibly the only gospel that any person is going to uh, 
read about. Yeah, there's and some people who haven't even stepped foot in a church for a wedding or exactly, a funeral. Exactly. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah. So <clears throat> we are... With every Christian is a witness, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're any better than anybody else. Right. Um, but you know, we get eyes on us a little bit more than most other people. We have a very unique set of circumstances. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Very, very good choice of words. And so, half the time, I don't even need to talk to somebody about Christ. It's the fact that if they know know who I am, if they know that you know I'm a Christian, or that now I'm. I'm a youth pastor, associate pastor, and that I have uh, vectoral syndrome, and they see what I'm doing, it's encouraging to them. Yeah. It, it gives them hope that maybe they didn't have before. Absolutely. And then coupling that with, you know, 1 Peter 3.15, you know, giving a a defense for the hope that's within you. Yep. I think 15, 14. Yep, 15. 15, thank you. And I'm able to do that now with the knowledge I've gained with, getting degrees here at Carolina College of Biblical Studies in apologetics and biblical in biblical studies and then at Southern Evangelical Seminary man it gets me every time trying to say right. all these words Southern Evangelical Seminary for apologetics it's like you can and so many people today are so in tune with wanting it to have a certain experience right and so, and, and feel in their feelings and everything else. It's all touchy feely. It's so touchy feely, <laughs> yeah. and some of that's good. You know, th- yeah, this feelings is, aren't bad. Yeah, and this is why even Paul uses his past life to talk about, hey, look at where I was before, and look at where I am now. Yeah. After after his conversion on the road to Damascus. Right. And we are able, and he even he gives us that example for us to use as our example to give to non-believers and even people that are. Christians that are lukewarm that really need a, a, a fire lit under them. Yeah. Is hey, look at look at my life. Look at where I've been. Look, here's the struggles I've had. But I've overcame them. Yep. And I've had faith in the Lord ever since. And and one thing that I've noticed just when I started in Bible college was it took me a while to logically go through the fact that okay, this is twenty fifteen. I can already see there's so much stuff coming down the pipe. And I didn't even know about Marxism. I didn't even know about the woke stuff until I got into the apologetics realm. Yeah. <clears throat> and I logically thought through, okay, if I want to actually be a, a pastor or, you know, be in the church, maybe even a professor, it's going to be whole, solely on, on faith yeah. as far as income. Solely on faith. So couple that with everything that I've been through, in my life and you and your life, I'm going, you know what? This ain't nothing. So I was like, all right, as well as persecution is a very possible thing, especially I've only been doing this for a couple of years. So, you know, give it 10 years, if not less than that. <laughs> yeah. The way, uh, the way it seems like things are going, um, you know, we, you know, it's, we've enjoyed, things in america as far as christians are concerned yeah and christianity and we've enjoyed a a, you know just comfort and and that's not a bad thing but when you get too comfortable you get lazy you get complacent Mm -hmm. and 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 i think we're starting to see the results of that complacency oh yeah and and um i mean if you just look at the pages of scripture Jesus told us it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so we have to be ready. And and if we're not careful, um, I just see a whole lot of the American church falling prey to to what Satan is is, is trying to do. Yeah. Um, which I don't want to sound me- I don't want to sound bad or mean, but um, <laughs> oftentimes when God uses persecution because he has you know oh he's doing it now yeah it and everywhere around the world not america yeah yeah it weeds out those who maybe aren't actually sold out yeah you know? it, it it was the weeds from the tear exactly yeah it, yeah, it separates yeah. those two yeah yeah and so i think in america in the very very near future 
Christians are really going to, we're going to start getting some big tests. Um, yeah. and, and, and God's going to start to, I think he's really going to start testing us. Are you really sold out for me? Have you really like said that you're the one in control God yeah. or, you know, are you going to falter? Absolutely. Um, you know, and we can say that, we're, you know, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm, if I was in this situation, I would do that. Yeah. The reality of the situation is we've never really faced actual real persecution and it's soft in canada right now but it's it's still just our friends from the north their christians are getting persecuted for just preaching on or pastors are getting persecuted put in jail for preaching on the sidewalks yeah and even england i mean that literally this is the only country and everyone kind of listen up here this is the only country that has a constitution that is that has been around for over two hundred years. I think was it France? They have one that they have to rewrite or something every twelve or every four years or something. Yeah, it's crazy like that. Um, but yeah, when I was on uh, Doctor Winstead's uh, YouTube channel podcast uh, the other day, he asked me that question. He said, "All right, last question for you is uh, what What do you think is one of the the biggest uh, detriments for the church right now?" Uh, and, and I said, well, I've got two here. One is, well, we already saw how COVID really separated the wheat from the tare big time. It separated the faithful from the faithless and that it showed who was actually comfortable. And it showed that after COVID was over, which it is, it's been over for a long time now. And it showed how, okay, well, look at all the pew. Every church in America has less people in it. Because those who really, I think, just didn't even care. They're just kind of going through the routine because that was their comfort. But they're just comfortable doing it. Let me it. punch my card. Yeah, exactly. Well, now they're comfortable just being on the couch and not going to church on Sunday morning because they believe the false understanding of what the church is. Well, I am the church, so uh, I'm I'm good. No, where two or more are gathered is the church. Yeah, you, you can't you forsake the in, assembly Exactly, there. you cannot forsake the assembly right. of the church. So being in the group, being being in a church on Sunday morning and being with your, your fellow believers is being the church. So there's one, and then also number two, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Is, Can I answer that question too when you get done? Because I would love oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is I answered it and I said this, I said, this isn't political this is more of a. This is actually more of a moral issue. Is wokeism? Yeah. Wokeism being, you know, philosophically undergirded by Marxism, that is truly taking hold on so many young Christians, and they're thinking, okay, well, I need to go and you know march for this cause or this cause, which I'm is cool. all rooted in atheism. All rooted in atheism, and they're, and they're getting pulled by their heartstrings because yeah. they feel like they need to do something in order to seem like they uh care or that this is the way justice ought to ought to go and it's it it it's frustrating and in the next couple podcasts uh, oh oh i'm gonna dive into my experiences at some uh, another seminary that i went to that uh has to has to do with the social gospel and whatnot. So what is your answer? Well, so, and, and to that point, um, dealing with like the woke stuff, it, it's like any, uh, works based salvation. Oh yeah. You never know if you've done enough. And, and that's, that's the, the biggest thing. It's hopeless Absolutely. because you know, you see all the, the virtue signaling and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's them saying, okay, I've done this, you know, and it's 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 searching for favor mm-hmm. with Christ. He says, "Believe." Yeah, yeah. He's he takes that burden. He takes that that away from us. You know, nothing that we do. You know, he says the Bible says our best is as filthy rags. Absolutely. You know, and so um and so, but it's just like any other works based salvation that there's no set standard of how good I have to be. Right. And so it ends up hopeless. No, but answer to your question, I think, um, in a word, one of the biggest things that we have failed at 
as a church, especially in America, is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Horribly failed at it. And when I mean discipleship, I mean everything from as simple as how to read, how to study your Bible, all the way up to answering questions that people have. Yeah. Um, I did I youth, youth ministry. ministry. Youth ministry is bad at that. Yeah, I did youth ministry for 11 years. And and young people have so many questions, and oftentimes they're pushed away. Absolutely. They're pushed away because leaders don't have answers or, you know, um, things like that. And so when you don't answer those questions for them, they find answers elsewhere, and they're not good answers. Yeah. Um, and so just like— like like you said the 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 passage or the uh, the verse in first peter um we should always be ready to give a, a defense for the hope that lies within us um and i told my teenagers this all the time uh i said look if we're going to be part of the great commission mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be teaching people everything that jesus commanded we have to know number 1 what he commanded absolutely we have to know truth to teach the truth but we have we have a country full of spiritual babies that has <laughs> yeah. a faith that is an inch deep and a mile wide. And, yeah. and, and, and unfortunately it's, it's just like the, 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 the parable of the, the, the soils. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good, you get yeah. those people who, you know, they might've had something, you know, take root, but then those hard times come and, and they, they they don't know how to be a Christian. They, exactly. They've not been trained to do that. Yeah. And so they end up falling away. They wouldn't be able to be a disabled person. <laughs> right. Straight up. I right. mean, I'm just, they, they wouldn't even be able to cope with what we've been through. Right. And so, but a lot of that comes through good, solid discipleship. Yes. In apologetic training, in evangelism training, in Bible study, and in, in, in all these different areas. And, yep. and discipleship is not just a class you take. Discipleship is an intimate, close-knit relationship with someone where you have uh, someone mentoring you and, and, and literally helping you grow yeah. up in the faith. Um, uh, one of my old pastors, his name is Mike Bortz, um, love him to pieces, awesome guy. He said, we needed three people in our lives. We need a Paul, someone who is going to invest in our lives, pour into us, we need a Timothy, someone who we pour into, we invest into, and then we also need a Barnabas, and that's somebody that's there that's just going to be an encourager, and 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 we can be those people. We should be being those people to other people yeah. as well. Accountability is so important. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, all these things are, are encompassed in discipleship. Yes. And unfortunately, as, a, as the American church, we have failed horribly at that, and we're seeing the results of that now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, youth ministry, that's that, that has been an experiment that has shown up since I think what late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And I've noticed, and I, when I say this as a, as a youth pastor, um, when I look at my students and I know what I'm going to be teaching them. So like, I'm going to be going through the 12 points of Geisler yep. this year. Yeah, twelve months, twelve points. Yep, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a challenge for them, but that's fine. You have to show them the rep turd, Josh. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> and and what I look I look at them and I go, okay, this is the level I want you to be at. I'm gonna give you something mature. I'm not gonna go college age, but right. I'm gonna give you something that's above your level. Yeah, and this is where I want you to be at by the end of the year. Right. I want you to mature to that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stoop down, right? And 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 petty you because you're in sixth grade. Not petty. Probably not the best word, but I'm not going to teach down to your level. Yeah, you're you're gonna give them a you're gonna give them a goal to to reach exactly. You know, and and you you'll help them get along to get to that goal exactly. And yeah. I say this all the time when I'm doing you know stuff like apologetics is hey, if you have any questions about anything that I just said talk to me absolutely that is i i'm here to answer questions and guess what <laughs> i don't have all the questions but i guarantee you i will have an answer by the next week absolutely if you have a question yeah you and just got to be available exactly and i that's one thing i've been doing i think now that my wife and i are living in the parsonage at the church is we're in the community we're able to be right there yeah and we're available all the time for the youth and 
we're definitely seeing growth in them. That's awesome. Um, over the past two years. Awesome. But just youth ministry in general has not been able to do that. And I know so many youth pastors that they won't get into this so-called political things. And I straight up have told the students, I said, what is, what is politics if it is nothing but just a reflection of your values? Yeah. What is values? Where do you get your values out of your beliefs? Where do you get your beliefs out of your religion? Right. Whether it's Christianity or atheism or whatever else, yeah. that's where you get your values from. I mean, it shapes your overall worldview. Exactly. You know, you're, you're it's morality. Exactly. And so, and that's one of the things that um, we're facing today is, is such a difficult thing is because we have opposing worldviews that are, that are competing there. Right. Um, and so, and, and again, with, with my cosplay and everything that with my con, with the cons and everything, um, there's a lot of that in that, um, opposing worldviews and things like that. And so without discipleship, without that apologetic training, without those things, without being able to, to understand that, you're it's you're really hard pressed to be able to reach those kind of people with a different worldview than yeah. you if you don't understand exactly what they believe. Right. In America, most people don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um easily swayed. You know, you we for so long we have pushed to get people saved and don't get me wrong, that's great. We need to get people saved, but you can't just get them saved and then drop them in the world. That's like, you know, getting a newborn and dropping it in the woods and saying survive doesn't work doesn't work and so you've got to train them you've got to build them up you've got to you got to disciple them so that when satan does try to come and attack them then they're able to to fight those things off exactly exactly so uh kind of as we kind of end this podcast this very first episode first david thanks for being on yeah man thanks for having me and i just want to kind of end on on two things one is this what do you see that is encouraging in the church? And, um, and then real quick, and then number two, what what are you doing um, as far as uh, schooling? Are, are you almost done? Like, what, what are you trying? What is your goal? What is your long-term, short-term goals? All right, so for to your first question, what is encouraging in the church? Um, one thing I've seen, at least especially in my church, um, with the pandemic, with everybody, you know, being separated and everything when we did come back together yeah there was a renewed sense of service uh yeah okay yeah um our church my my parents have been uh out of town this week and and so i've been you know flying solo at my house you know with the disability there's some challenges and things like that right my pastor's wife got married yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) my pastor's wife texts me just about every day uh every night to make sure i got home safely and if i needed anything to call um, and and I love my, my pastor and his wife are just incredible people. They're 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 exactly who we needed at our church, uh, and so that was encouraging. Just that renewed sense of of service and just caring for each other. That was awesome. awesome. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, I'm finishing up a master's degree. I'm in the process of finishing uh, the the thesis. Um, What's your thesis on? <laughs> my thesis secret? on no. <laughs> It's controversial, but it's not a secret. I love um, it. It's uh, it's the philosophy behind critical race theory. Let's let's go. And how it is a distortion of the classical Christian virtues. Let's go. Yeah. So I'm finishing you stole that. Mine. I can't even write that. I can't even write on that now. <laughs> you can. All right, cool. I will. <laughs> we'll collab or something. But uh, that's I what my my thesis. <laughs> that's what my thesis is in. Um, and then I'm going to take a little bit of a break because um, I need a break from school. Oh, but I'm working here at CCBS <laughs> and, and you know, hopefully uh, we'll be teaching classes and stuff here. And at mm-hmm. some point down the road, I'm going to do a Ph.D. Let's go. So that, Let's that's go. that's my goal. So right. hey, that's my that's, goal. I heard that. I, that's yeah. that's what I would like to do, too. You know, one day be a professor at a seminary. And I mean, if the Lord allows things to go the way that. I would like them to go is, you know, not be the next Frank Turk, but certainly do something very similar yeah. to that. And and this podcast really is kind of like, for me, kind of like that launching pad, thinking of, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about... Let's just do a, it. Let's just do it. I'm going to talk about being a person with a dis- disability. All right. 
David, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Thanks, here. man. Uh, Appreciate we're, it. We are definitely gonna have to have you back on. Absolutely. Talk about youth ministry. Talk about the thesis you're writing, and just kind of just hang out. Anytime, buddy. All right, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir.